All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2011 Scream 4. We are going ahead, we are recording this right as Scream 5 is coming out. It came out last night, actually. I'm planning on seeing it tomorrow. Andrew's going to see it some points uh, this weekend. weekend. What was that? Sometime this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're getting there. We're doing that, but uh, we kind of got in right under the buzzer. We wanted to finish off the series, aside from the TV series, that is. But I don't think we need to go into that, do we? I mean, I've seen it, so <laughs> <laughs> I can I can speak to maybe what I remember of it. That's about it. Gotcha. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna dwi- dive into Scream Four for today. Uh, in the meantime, Andrew, how are we doing? I'm doing pretty great. Uh, I think I am COVID negative. As we sit here, uh, before you and I start talking, I did just swab my nose because I was feeling a little sick. But it looks like I am in the clear. So uh, I'm doing pretty good. And I I just mentioned to you, I just saw the movie uh, Bell last night, which is by one of my favorite directors, Mamoru Hosoda. And uh, it wasn't great, but it was fun to see his movie in the theater. And it was weird because it was in a theater that, like, wasn't you know like a lot of times they'll release these movies in like special situations and like random theaters like hell out of the way yeah like, that's how i saw your name it was like this theater that was like an hour away to the south yeah no same and like but this one like for some reason wasn't like it, this one's just being released in theaters um so i actually got to see it and it was like the scream premiere was going on the same night apparently like right next door <laughs> so towards the end of the movie i started to hear people like getting excited about it so uh, i'm pumped to go see it but how are you doing uh, doing good, doing good. We are here in North Carolina right now, and we are about to get a apparently really bad snowstorm coming on in, which, you know, again, growing outside Chicago, I'm just like, eh, whatever. You know, it's supposed to be like one or two inches of snow, which is nothing, but at the same time, we are woefully unprepared for it and everything like that. So thankfully, I managed to go to the grocery store this morning, took care of a few things. Uh, I am stocked for the weekend. I am planning on spending all of Sunday and Monday at my place, just doing nothing. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited about that. What, what kind of snacks did you get? We got a lot of hummus. Good, good hummus, man, good man. Triscuits, pita chips. Uh, we're doing tacos at some point, so... Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, my partner and I are moving in together in a few months, and we just actually signed the application today, and she is now in the process of bringing all of her crap over to my apartment, so it would be an easier move. So my kitchen is, like, doubled up with a million different things, like oh. pots, pans, everything. Is her apartment closing before yours does? No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, so thankfully, you know, it's we spend most of the time at my place anyway, because that's where the cats are. Uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, listeners, in about uh, ten minutes, you will hear the automatic feeder go off, and then you will hear the cat scratching at the door and meowing pathetically because they want to get into the food. So I apologize, you will hear the sound, and then you'll also hear the sound of a door opening, and then a very, very cat happy cat running on in and chowing down the background oh yeah yeah so it'll be it'll be fun but other than that life's been pretty good, good. well hopefully you're COVID negative man I, I i think i'm i think i am somebody in my office was COVID positive recently and like 
Uh, my fiance's little sister was COVID positive, and her her stepdad was COVID positive. So I'm just like, I should probably. I have a sore throat. I should get this checked out. But I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm in the clear. I just have a sore throat for some reason. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is getting it nowadays, unfortunately. But uh, you know, just get vaxxed, get boosted, wear your mask, all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, well, you ready to jump into the movie then? Yeah, I'm, I'm game. All right, cool. So why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, what movie are we talking about today, Andrew? That's today we're talking about, uh, as you mentioned, 2011's Scream 4, the uh, what I thought was the last Scream movie in the Scream franchise. Um, uh, I know the you second talked about last one. <laughs> yeah, this is this. I, I, I'm curious if this next one. I think this next one is planning to launch a new franchise. I feel like. I think well, this, this actually... one I thought intentionally was like because Scream Three was intended to be kind of an ending to the series, and I felt like Scream Four was kind of intended to launch a new trilogy for the new generation. That yeah. that was always my impression, but for some reason they just never stuck with that plan. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna do a little research about because I know the TV series came out not too long after this, um, but even the, the TV series couldn't get rights to the Ghostface mask originally, so it was like the mask was different. I think up until the third season, which is the only one I haven't watched. Uh, so I, I don't know if I know that they originally had planned to continue have the killer from this movie continue into uh, a series like following her around a little bit, but I guess that plan got scrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's interesting. Um, but I, I know we should talk about our first experience with this. I, I know you this is your first this is your first experience with it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The only thing, unfortunately, I did have the uh, killer spoiled for me, so it was kind of interesting watching the scream movie, knowing who the killer was this time. Um, well, besides the first and the second, but it was so long since then, I was just kind of like, eh, I'm not 100% sure if I had it right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely have it right. Uh, so this was the first one where I would definitively like, okay, yes, now I remember who the killer is, uh, which was kind of an interesting kind of experience going on through, and I kind of wish I didn't, because I felt like that would have been a really good reveal. Did did you, wait, did you know the killer recently, or did you hear about it back when it kind of came out? When did, when did you discover the it, killer? When it came out, because um, okay. I remember the person who plays the killer in this movie i remember them saying you know uh, person's name is the killer in screen four um yeah so unfortunately that was that apparently like there was this whole big thing where um this script got leaked uh big time before the movie got released and there were spoilers plastered all over the internet harry potter deathly Hallows style so wait there are spoilers for harry potter yeah did you remember the whole i mean snip kills number thing like the Barnes oh. and Noble video. Oh, I remember that, but that was after the book came out. Or no, that was before the book came out. Oh, really? I oh, see. I yeah. don't care. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, no, no. What happened was, um, yeah, there was a couple uh, people. There was, I think, it was like a kid of a publishing company or something like that. Uh, got uh, a copy of the manuscript before it got leaked. So, like the week before it got um, pushed out to bookstores. The whole book got leaked, basically. And there was this one really, really famous video where someone drives by a line of, like, midnight uh, people waiting for the Deathly Hallows, and then they scream out, oh. Oh, no, it wasn't Deathly Hallows. It was um, Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Yeah, because it spoiled the big death at the end of that one. So, And you just spoiled it for everybody else who hadn't read it. And listened did to I this. say it? I don't remember. I don't remember what I did. You, I, I think you did. You're, you're a terrible person. And also, uh, that guy is hella fired. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it was, like, some teenager or something like that. But, yes, hopefully. 
anyway, yeah, so that's that. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, I did happen that. But um, overall, let's talk about Scream 4. So I think we were both in agreement that Scream 3 was a pretty good conclusion to the series. You know, definitely had his issues, and the series was beginning to show its age. Um, so I was really curious going into the fourth one to see if they could carry that momentum, if they could kind of reinvent the wheel, because... I felt like they've done enough with the concept by the end of the third movie that we're not 100% sure what they can do to make it fresh and interesting. Uh, so overall impressions, what do you think of Scream 4? I was like kind of, like after how I kind of, kind of surprisingly I enjoyed number two and three, um, I, I was kind of hoping to stay on that line. And I will say, I don't think that this one is as good. I know that, I think it's, I think it's gotten a lot of praise recently and I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think it's undeserved. I think, I think it, like the kills are interesting and the it's pretty well filmed and stuff. But I just I felt like something was off, and I think it might just be that like kind of '90s aesthetic that's missing, honestly. Because mm-hmm. um, I think like it, it might just be that like I think that you know how, like there's an amount of distance that you, you kind of allow when you're watching something, uh, and we kind of talked about it with the um, Fear Street movie, the second one, how like when it's in a kind of familiar setting or a familiar time period, you kind of like let certain things go. I feel mm-hmm. like with this one, with like the better film quality um, and the new kind of modern cast, it the things that don't work for me in the movies kind of sit out a little bit more. Like that, I kept questioning the killer and how they were doing what they were doing and stuff a lot more. And I think it suffers a little bit from trying to pass the torch to these other characters, and they wanted to give these characters time. But I think it kind of resulted in a lot of them not really getting uh, any development. If like, because I feel like you, you know, when I talked about how we really enjoyed the development in three of Sydney. And I feel like in this case, instead of doing what 3 did, where they ignored, essentially, the side cast, they put a lot of effort into the side cast so that screen time is divided among the old and the new characters. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as a story-developing movie, I didn't like it, but I thought the kills and stuff were really effective and good, and like I actually like, felt suspense during it. How about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, this movie, I, I feel it's the weakest out of the four thus far. Um, but at the same time, it's by no means a bad movie. And there were some things that I really, really, really liked about it. Um, like, there were some things that I was like, okay, that's probably the best in the series thus far. Or one of the most entertaining moments in the series. But as a whole, it's just... It, it, it's definitely a series that's kind of showing its age at this point. Um, and, you know, it was a 10-year hi- hiatus, basically, so all over the place yeah no i, I agree I, I think i think it, it does suffer from that distance a little bit and i think you know trying to bring it back and modernize it kind of goes both ways uh in terms of like being beneficial but also kind of you know crippling it a bit but i, I do i have heard in like in that kind of the community lately that like um, i guess the horror community i suppose um that there is a lot of kind of praise coming back for it um, yeah I know when it came out it was kind of a bomb right it wasn't a bomb but it wasn't wasn't great yeah, I remember it was just kind of like uh, a little bit disappointing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, according to industry experts, this film opening weekend was disappointing, experiencing the second lowest opening of the Free Scream franchise, and then it did not have much legs at all. It kind of fell off. So uh, it, it was nominated for a Teen Choice Award for Best Horror Movie, but it lost to Paranormal Activity 2. Oh, man. Wow, okay, so oh, this was that, that era. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait, because so this must have been around like Insidious and like the Sinister and all of them kind of. So, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can see why this movie maybe wouldn't drive with the same kind of group. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and it's interesting too because I feel like uh, the teenagers in the cast, in like you know in the original Scream movies, the ca- people playing teens were like adults and like were very obviously adults. But I feel like in this, they kind of got young people, ish. 
and it, like it almost mm-hmm. I feel like makes it worse because they're like, oh, you guys are so young. Like, like I feel like you know, like the the charm the charm of eighties and nineties movie, the adults playing kids. But then when you put them next to actual kids, you're kind of like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit weirder. I don't know. Um, Josh Hartnett playing Hartnett playing everything. All the teenagers until he's like forty. Yeah, Josh Hartnett could still play a teenager. And I'd be down for it. I'm, I mean, we need to bring that back. Honestly, I, I, I guess you know, Dear Evan Hansen tried it. <laughs> not the greatest, but like in horror movies, I am okay with the with the people being adults and just not talking about it. That's completely fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a, like, yeah, no. Sorry. So so what? I'm just gonna like, what is the premise of this movie then? So we've had Scream One, which was basically the premise was what if people who love horror movies were in an actual slasher horror movie uh scream 2 was kind of an evolution of that up there we go there we go all right here goes the door here comes the cat and the cat's got the stuff and the cat goes out and we have the two cats bam i warned you audience all right continue wait i was talking never mind (laughs) All right, sorry, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, no, Scream Two was kind of an evolution of that, but it still kind of had the same basic premise of you know, oh, the what if horror movie characters knew they were in the horror movie. Scream Three was definitely leaned into the meta aspect of you know, what if the characters knew who are horror movie fans were actually in a horror movie being filmed, and then this one is. I don't know, what would you say is the theme of this one? There's definitely an aspect of, like, increasing technology and especially internet culture and memes and streaming and everything like that, which I do feel it was ahead of its time upon. Um, what else? Well, it's, it's, well, it's like it's like a film. It's a, like, well, while Stab and them were coming out in the other films, this is, like, a post-Scream Scream where in there, where Scream is an old established movie in this universe, essentially. Like mm-hmm. I think like that's that's what it is. Like it's 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 Scream from the perspective of people who are just seeing Scream, who are watching Scream as a classic, essentially. Scream like, for people who are think Scream is dated. I yeah, guess. That, that's uh-huh. that's what I think about it. Yeah, it's like because with, with the new modern kind of reboots and stuff, and that's what it is. It's commentary on reboots and this idea of bringing it back. Um, but like the way they think about it too is like we've talked about a lot as Sydney's journey, and the first one is Sydney's kind of like loss of innocence. The second one is what happens after a major trauma in your life. The third one is her kind of overcoming that trauma. And this one is weird because, like, as a character, I feel like this is one of Sydney's weakest performances. Yeah. But she's and also... Oh, sorry. No, that, that touches me on the next... Uh, that touches on the next point, too. I, I feel like the old cast didn't really have much to do in this movie. I, I feel like they tried to set Sydney up for sort of a mentorship role with... Um, uh, what's Emma Roberts? Uh, Jill, um, you know, trying to set up a mentorship role for, okay, now Jill is having this stuff experienced to her. Uh, she's undergoing these murders and everything like that, and Sydney's trying to be a mentor for her, but it, it really doesn't pan out, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like the, the one thing that I will say about Sydney at this point is that somebody who's overcome it and stuff and has kind of set, come to terms with it, like, you know, she has that book that she wrote about, like, help, for helping people and stuff. The one thing that we do see that, like, again, I think she's a very minor character in this movie, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. But I think that one thing that we do notice that, I, that like, stood out to me is in this one, she runs towards the danger a lot. Like, the first, the, I guess the second kill of the movie, when their friend across the neighborhood gets killed, Sydney bolts over there. And then, like, I feel like in this movie, Sydney is very proactive and is, like, a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think also, is good. I think that's a natural evolution for the character at that point. You know, yeah. I, I feel like she should be a minor character, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with her being a minor character. I just, I just, it just felt like, and for a story that was so much about developing her and the first three 
to in this one not really have anybody who felt super developed like i feel like jill who was you know initially the stand-in for her wasn't didn't have like i i remembered her so much thing up this movie watching it before but watching it again like her screen time she doesn't have much more screen time than anybody else it's really kind of weird mm-hmm. she like for for you know who is posited as the second main character of this film she's not in it her and sydney are really not in it that much it's really weird it's like a i don't know i i think that that's where it kind of lost me in the sense that she wasn't developing and sydney had already kind of reached her development but was she was in a place where i liked her as a character like she her character arc ended and she was left like you know in a place of like a strong character who came out of things but then yeah, it was really a good place for her character to end up but the problem was that there's no development throughout she stays cognizant or you know not cognizant but uh continuous throughout the entire movie yeah she's a static it's character a in this static yeah that's the word i was looking for which like you know like and i think is i don't want to see her die but at the same time with like a lot of characters when they reach their arc they're either kind of disappear or they die and like i kind of feel like this movie one of the main cast should have died because they've all stopped developing mm-hmm. gail is gail gail is the same gail we met in the first one in this movie yeah, and that's one complaint I do have about this movie, too, is just Gail's character, out of everyone, basically, I feel really got the shit end of the stick. She has nothing to do in this movie, for the most part. I, I, I feel like they were really struggling to insert her into the plot. Well, and when I think, and the weird thing about that, too, it was like, thinking about it, like, Dewey also didn't, I think Dewey had less screen time than her, mm-hmm. but... And like did less, like did a lot less than she did. But what she did in the movie wasn't really helpful, other than like, I think that final fight they have with Jill is, is, you know, uh, a scene essentially. But like most of what she, of what Gail does in this movie is get in the way essentially. And like, it, it, it makes you wonder what her arc was for. Like, what was her? What when they came back to her? Like, so she's the she's the person who, you know, this between two and three, they get together. She doesn't like the the slow life of Woodsdale. Is that that's where they are? Yeah, Woodsdale uh, and then Woodsville. Woods uh, Woodsboro. I thought it was Woodsboro. There you go, Woodsboro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she doesn't like she doesn't like the life of Woodsboro, and then she leaves, and that's what that's where they pick up in three. And then this one is she again. She settled back down into the life of Woodsboro with Dewey, and the killings start again. So she wants her time in the light again, and just kind of shoves herself in here, but doesn't really. But just gets in the way essentially. Like, mm-hmm. it, I feel like it was, it was not say character assassination, but it was just like, I don't know. It, it They it were con- struggling for stuff for her to do. That's really what stuck out to me. Yeah. Like, I feel like it just keeps reminding me that, like, past two, Gale and, Gale and Dewey are just, like, side characters who do the same thing every movie, essentially. And even into they yeah. do the same thing. It was just slightly newer at that time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Worn out. still fresh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the problem with a franchise like this is when it goes on for this long and the characters remain so static that, like, yeah, it's nice to see them again, but they're not particularly interesting at this point in time. They were interesting, but not so much anymore. Yeah, the, the, yeah. One, the one character I will say, like, again, like, I think that Sydney's static. Uh, I would say that uh, Gail's cyclical. But then Dewey has kind of got torpedoed, I feel like, in the sense that, like, I, you know, I know we talked about in the third one how he kind of had self-actualization to a, to a degree. He became the cop he always wanted to, you know, he became a cop who people valued, even though he was, you know, kind of a joke on the set. He was a good shooter. He, like, you know, he got body and headshots when required. Um, and then this movie, he goes back to being the doofus, but now he's the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, did he have a, did he do anything in this movie other than get hit no. with a bedpan? 
Not particularly, no. I really don't think so. Uh, there was a scene at the beginning of the bookstore where he told people to move out, but uh, and out of the way for the crime scene when he found the stuff in the trunk. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he, he did nothing. And again, like I, I get they're trying to pass the torch, but I think there's active ways to pass the torch, and there's just having the characters in the same store with these other characters, which it felt more like. Mm-hmm. Um, like Making him the sheriff made logical sense, I guess, in, in what was going on, but then you expected him to be more competent or to be deserving of that role, and they kind of just took Dewey from the first movie and put him into the role of sheriff, um, which was interesting. I don't know. Yeah, again, it doesn't feel like they were really not sure what they wanted to do. I feel like we've been shitting on this movie a lot, though, because I oh, no. really, overall, I thought, I think it is a good movie. I think it's the weakest out of the series thus far, and I'm, but I'm glad it exists because it does have a lot of very satisfying things. Like, for example, um, I, I, I definitely think that these side characters in this movie were a lot better developed than the side characters in Scream 3 and even to an extent 2. Um, I really, I felt they were interesting. I felt that they were all unique in some way. Um, I really, really, really liked the killer reveal. I think that was one of the best in the series, honestly. Um, I, I would place it above 2 and 3, honestly. Um, of course, you know, I can't place it above 1 because Matthew Williard, but... Yeah, there, there yeah. is a lot to like about this movie. Uh, yeah, no, what about I'll, you? What else? Do you, what other impressions do you have? Oh no, I'll agree with you there. I definitely, I definitely think that the killer reveal in this one was a lot better than the uh, previous two sequels. I, I, I think it was kind of out of left field to a degree, but then like made sense. Um, I still have questions about sometimes about how people did certain things, and kind of like with number two, where I'm like, how did this person do this? But um, now <laughs> yeah, that I know definitely. who they are. Um, yeah, no, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and give a spoiler alert, too, just at this point. Um, I've been trying to avoid it up until this point because I do think it has a really good twist and I don't want it to happen again. But if you are not interested on hearing the plot of Scream 4, uh, spoiler alert here. All right, continue. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no I'm pretty sure I said the name. So, Oops. But, uh, yeah, no, but I thought, I know, I guess I never saying the name all the time. I, I, yeah, I feel like Jill, <laughs> Jill was a good reveal. I thought Charlie was an interesting reveal and a good play on the Stu character because I feel like mm-hmm. he was our Stu. Um and he but. went full incel. I loved that. I, I, I love the fact that, you know, his motivation not only was horror movies, but the fact that he was noticed by the girl. And he, he became an incel above that. I thought that was a great way to come up with a villain. So, wait, um, okay. especially topical for the time. What does incel mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, incel is, uh, it is a dark, dark corner of the internet. It is a step up beyond neckbeard. It stands for involuntary celibate. And it's basically a bunch of loner males who are very upset that no women will fuck them. Um, and they take out that rage on other women. Um, and in the absolute worst case scenario, that manifests itself in physical violence. In the absolute best case scenario, they just kind of keep to their own clicks in the internet and slowly, you know, form a negative feedback loop. But, you know, if you ever come across a guy who's just like, oh, why won't she date me? I'm so nice to her. Why won't she have sex with me? She's probably out fucking Chad or something like that. That man is an incel and he needs to get better. Oh, I learned. See, yeah. I, I had a concept, like, I knew it was something along those lines, but I just, like, never really knew where it came from. Um, yeah. Okay. Basically, oh, yeah. it's someone who, women not fucking them because they're disgusting is the source of all of their problems. But then, so here's my question. So, were Charlie and her a thing? Were no. Charlie and Jill a thing? Because he, like, kissed her. 
Yeah, no, he that was that was his thing. He was into her, and I got the impression that she was using him. Because that's yeah. another thing about the incel culture, too, is, you know, once they do get the slightest bit of attention, they go all in. And when it inevitably backfires because, you know, they're putting them on a pedestal, women on a pedestal, or whatever it is, I... I don't know if it's gendered. I, I've only seen incel referred to in the male context. I don't know if it can be gendered or reversed the other way. But basically, when that does happen, you know, obviously it doesn't end up well. But I kind of viewed it as Jill knew that's who he was, and she was using him because of that. Yeah, like, well, I, I assumed that she wasn't into him, but I couldn't tell, like, were they implying that they were, like, pretend relationship for a while to get him into it? Like, mm-hmm. okay, all right. Cause, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of assumed it as Jill was just like, hey, you know, why don't you go ahead and kill these people with me, and, you know, maybe you'll get something. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, yeah, that's... I mean, in that way. That, that's what I was thinking of, and, you know, he would fall right into that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I was, that, that, that part always kind of, like, I think that they're kind of together, but, like, did he like Kirby? Because she knew that Kirby liked him. Like, I didn't realize how early in the movie that he, that she, Kirby admits that she likes him. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was only that end part, but, like, at one point, Jill's like, oh, you like him? He's like, yeah, kind of. I'm like, oh, look at that. Like, <laughs> like, five minutes into the movie. Oh, okay, apparently this was, like, really established. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, let, let's, let's talk about the, the side characters real quick, or, like, you know, sure. the new characters. Um, so, let's, okay, let's start with the two Randy replacements, I guess, who are, mm-hmm. um, well, I guess there's three Randy replacements, really. We got Charlie. Um, who is played by Rory Culkin, who is not Kieran Culkin, which is unfortunate because he was great in, uh, <laughs> that, you know, great actor in, um, what's that movie? And Scott Pilgrim. Um, mm-hmm. so we got him. So he's, so him and what was the boy, the other boy's name? Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. So they're, they're the two presidents of film club, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're basically Randy, um, for this movie, essentially. <laughs> um, what'd you think of them as characters? I thought they were fine, honestly. Like, it, it definitely kind of made me miss Randy in a little bit. I, I felt the whole streaming shtick got a little bit too much. Because where is Woodsboro located? Is it in California somewhere? Or is it in the Midwest? I assume it was I California. Remember. Yeah, I think it's California. Yeah, I, 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 but like, growing up, you know, I was, God, 2011, I was in college at the time. So I was, you know, fresh out of high school. I never encountered anyone who was like live streaming with that big ass thing out there streaming was not a big thing in 2011 so yeah but i don't know if that was different in california especially in like silicon valley or something like that that's true yeah yeah that's a good point um yeah no it did it didn't seem out of place and i wonder if at the time i I can't remember watching it i think when i watched it i was like oh that kind of makes sense but now it yeah, just seems I, really weird and dated. <laughs> I, I, I think it might be one of those things, too, where a Hollywood executive is just like, okay, well, these kids, you know, social media is really getting big and stream is getting really big. How do we incorporate this into the movie? I don't know. Let's go ahead and stick a camera on someone and have them just live stream the whole thing. That's a thing, right? But who would so, watch that? Like, who would watch this fucking, like, kid walk <laughs> around all the time? I know. Like, I mean, like, live streaming is actually a thing. But, again, it's mostly people who, you know, actually live interesting lives. So... Yeah. Well, and I, I guess this is after Paranormal Activity, so I guess they're kind of going for that, like, you know, the revival of the found footage thing, and, like, but they never really used it. Like, I feel like it could have no. been cool if they had scenes from the perspective of Robbie going around and getting murdered or something, you know, something happening like that. I that could have been yeah. a cool thing. But they really did nothing one, with it. Yeah. Now, one thing I do like about it is the fact that, you know, they're the Jill and um, Robbie's motivation is the fact that, was it Robbie or Charlie? Who was the killer? Charlie. I don't remember. Robbie? Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. Okay, sorry. 
uh, Charlie's motivation was uh, the fact that, you know, they wanted to make a snuff film, basically. And they wanted to use it and, like, upload it to YouTube and become famous and the digital lays and everything like that, get their 15 minutes of fame, which I thought was a great motivation. I thought that was very apt for the time. Well, like, so, but, but for them, their, their goal is to get away. Oh, no, no, okay, I guess she wanted to be the, they want to be the victims. Okay, yeah, they wanted the victim, mm-hmm. which is it's interesting because the opposite of um, Mickey from number two. Mickey wanted the fame of being the killer. Um, well, I guess, <clears throat> yeah, Mickey, well, Sorry. Rand, not Randy. What are the boys' names uh, in the first movie? I don't remember. Bo- the Bill- killer in the second movie. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> Billy and Stu wanted to be the no- the notorious killers without a name, the notorious ghost faces. Mickey wanted to be the known killer, and then they want to be the known uh, survivors, which is interesting, mm-hmm. or the known victims. Which yeah, is, and there's that element of envy because Sydney already had her 15 minutes of fame or whatever it was. I, I thought that was an interesting angle, too especially with the relation to uh, Sydney. Well, yeah, well, I think that's interesting, too, because I think that, like, it's almost like a weird commentary that, like, I don't think social media, like, you know, Facebook was out and then stuff, but Instagram and them weren't really alive around then, but, like, the commentary that I think she makes at one point that you're only famous if fucked up shit happens to you, I mm-hmm. think really kind of predicted nowadays, I feel like. Like, yes. people get famous for doing stupid-ass shit, and, like, mm-hmm. she really... challenge, can... basically any challenge on TikTok, yeah. Yeah, yeah any of that stuff like that's how people get famous and like you know the person who like gorilla glued their hair like did the stupidest shit on earth and then got a bunch of sympathy and money for it like it's a very like realistic kind of thing i don't know um mm-hmm. but like but you know later in the time and i i'm assuming probably around 2011 i can't remember that time <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah okay so we got so we got the two of them um <clears throat> okay, then we have kirby who is played by um my mind is blanking right now but she is famous for the best movie ever. Frick, what is her name? Uh, Hayden Pierre. Penitary. Yes, uh, was... I just remember from Heroes. What oh. else has she been in? Uh, remember the Titans? Oh, uh, yeah. She was yeah, a little girl remember the Titans. So, like, the yeah. best movie ever. She was in it. She she's been great. in a couple Kingdom Hearts, too. She's been in a lot, so. I mean, honestly, I know she's been in a lot, but I only have seen her remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I remember watching that in theaters being like, that's it. Like, everyone's talking about Hayden Penitary. I'm like, yeah, man, everyone fucking loves Remember the Titans. Yeah. But, she was in like, Malcolm in the Middle, too. Was she? Yeah, she was uh, Jessica, the really, um, the girl rival to uh, Malcolm, like the curly-haired one with the battle glasses. Oh, my God. I'll yeah. figure I can wa- and watch that. Uh, yeah, she was really good. I mean, she's, she's Kyrie in Kingdom Hearts, so. She's Kyrie? Oh, and the, yeah, she's Kyrie. Oh, my God. What? And, okay. She's all over the place. And, and a uh, really, really good PlayStation 4 horror game, uh, Until Dawn. She was the main character in that one. Oh, I still, I still have to play that. I have that downloaded. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. Man, okay, well, good. See, she's everywhere, but apparently, I, I only know her from one thing. But, I, I, what do you think about her character? Um, I thought it was good. Like, I felt she was definitely one of the more well-developed side characters. I really liked the spunk she had. She, you know, was well acted, interesting to watch. Um, really, don't have much too more to say about that aside from yeah, she was a solid side character. Yeah, no, I, same, same thing. I thought I thought she was a good character. Like sometimes the character like. Sometimes the characters in this movie, the, the teenagers felt too adult to me. Like, not in the sense they looked adult or anything, but, like, they were very mature. But then I kind of realized, I guess, at 18, you basically are a kid. Or you basically are an adult. So, like, that that, that forgives me. That's forgiven. Um, that was my only gripe at a couple times. Not her character, but just all the characters. Um, but, no, I, yeah, I agree. I thought she was great. I liked the, I liked the reveal that, like, or, I don't know, it wasn't even a reveal. Because it was kind of foreshadowed really early on that, like, she was a nerd, but, like, wasn't, you know, spitting out about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Which I, which I like, it's, I think, again, it's what kind of made me annoyed by Randy and also by these two kids. Uh, what are their names? Like Charlie and uh, Jimmy. 
mm-hmm. they, the, like just the the horror talk all the time killed me. But like with they, and with her, they wrote the character as more of a subtle character, which I liked. Where the person like yeah knew the things, kind of like billions do, were actually where they knew the things, they just didn't like shove it in your face all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I like that. I like, I like yeah. that portrayal of the character more. Yeah, and I also like the fact too that she wasn't like trying to hide it. She was just like, yeah, I still really like horror movies, and I'm good at, it. and I will, you know, out trivia your ass at any time. But it doesn't define me. It's just another hobby of mine that I have. So, and I will say, as much as I didn't like love Charlie's character, I I, I shipped them. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't I didn't remember that scene where they're watching it, and she's like, hey, uh, I know you're really into the movie right now, but like now you should probably like make a move. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I was, was like, really cute. Uh, I really like that. Like, I was like, damn it, man. Like, I, was, I remember the first time watching it, really rooting for them and being like, yeah. So when he, when he stabbed her, it was like, uh-huh. fuck, fucking four years. I was like, piece of shit. <laughs> Look what you just that ends up. That's you, actually pretty similar to how you and your fiance met. Not the murder thing, but the wow. fact that she would made the mood first, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, like, no stabbing, no stabbing occurred. No stabbing. No, your fiance's great. <laughs> that's, that's she a, has not murdered you yet. So, or no, you have not murdered her yet. Yeah, there, there, there's no murdering at all. So, <laughs> I, oh my god, I, I imagine. But like, <laughs> but uh, that 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 like that like I'm always makes me kind of sad because I, I dig it, and then I immediately dislike his character the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. No, they <laughs> like, they did yeah. a great job making him hateable. Yeah. I think, so was that was, okay? So there, there's Trevor and Olivia, but they don't really matter. They, they're just side characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor was like, Trevor was like the biggest like let's make another Cotton Weary character. Except you're just like, like he even kind of looks like him. I don't know. He has the same kind of like look, uh, the face. Yeah. And like they hyped him up at the very beginning of the movie, just like, oh, did you call Trevor again? Or oh god, Trevor called me again. But nothing really happened right there. They just um, made him the biggest fucking red herring ever. Yeah, like. Yeah. Where's your phone? Oh, I lost it. Oh, but I got a new one. Oh, weird. Like, <laughs> like it makes sense in the end when you find out that uh, Jill was the killer and that basically she fucked it. She basically implanted him. Like, that. Like all the things she did to make us think he's a red herring were because she was painting him as a red herring to be the actual killer in her story, essentially. So, like, mm-hmm. great. But during the movie, you're just like, this fucking guy is definitely not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty good for characters. What do you yeah. think of the opening? That's one thing I want oh, to ask yeah. you. Uh, I, I was a yeah. fan, but I also went on too long and did the thing like too much. Like I was and wasn't a fan. I, I guess the first part I was a fan of, um, the first, the first, like kind of, I feel like the, the true kind of scream, I guess the realistic one was, was good to me. I don't know. The first segment. So it, the, it, there's three segments. There's scream six or stab six and then stab seven. And then the actual, you know, in movie real life happened thing. Yeah. Like, I thought the first one, the two girls are there, they get the phone call, they go outside, they yeah. just get slashed. Like, you know, fine, little kill. Like, it, it felt like a fake out because it was so abrupt. So, the, But then, like, the weird thing with Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell was, like, interesting. I do like the commentary that they have on the franchise. Like, you know, like I said, it's kind of like a post-scream scream, where basically, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's Chris, no, it's Anna Paquin is like, is like, yo, this is just like this. The entire plot of these stories is a bunch of, of she says, like articulate teens sit around and discuss horror movies, um, and basically she talks about how she thinks this, uh, like, but then uh, Anna Paquin thinks that makes it more real. Or no, sorry, Kristen Bell makes things that more real, and it's that kind of, you know, back and forth about how whether or not talking about the films and being meta is realistic or like over the top, um, which I, I, I know I, I like that because I think that's also that's always the line that these two films kind of. Uh, skirt but then like the weird dramatic of her stabbing her thing was i don't know dumb 
Yeah, and then the final segment I did not enjoy of that. I was just like, okay, this joke's been going on too long. We know how this is going to end. Yeah, did you... I, I, I thought it would have been funny if they just started with the first one, then they went to the second segment, and then they just kind of left it at that. Well, I think that they need the third segment to actually... Because, like, the third segment... Take off the plot, like, yeah. Yeah, it was also, like, the... Like the uh, diagenic is that the word it, it's the the one that you know theoretically is connected to the story um which i don't think this one was these characters weren't connected to the story they were just the hype right mm-hmm. which was they were just there to be killed off to kick off the plot that's what it felt like yeah because you know drew barrymore was kind of like that in the first movie too but uh, at this point it was just kind of old well like so. but drew barrymore we learned later was Stu's ex-girlfriend that she mm-hmm. broke up with him and so you kind of get like that's why they killed that's why he wanted to go kill her was because casey like you know, like what's her name even says it, his current girlfriend. Fair, is fair, like, yeah. Uh-huh. She's like, she's like, oh yeah, that, that. didn't you used to date her? Didn't she break up with you? And he's like, no, she didn't. So like, you you learn later why he did it. But like, and then the second one was, uh, you know, you, you kind of get in the sense that like the mom and them are there trying to kill people who are like glorifying the death of her son, essentially. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then yeah. three cotton makes sense why they're killing him. This one, I never, we never got why these two specific girls were targeted. Um, and again, it could, I think it's just to build the infamy, but I was waiting for a reveal that they were the ones who um, Jill, who Trevor cheated on her with. That's what I was assuming, because I remember the cheating part. So I was like, oh, it must have been that. But I was waiting for it, and they never revealed that. So mm-hmm. I guess they and made it. And just felt like kind of one-off characters just there for a plot device. They fridged her for, you know, the sake of kicking off the plot. Yeah. But did, did you see the alternate, the alternate opening? No, I did not. It's like really fucking bloody. Uh, it's on YouTube. I, I, um, I was looking up the actresses because they they both look familiar to me. Um, the the ones in the I guess the real opening, um, but I ah, fuck, I can't remember who they were. One of one of them was familiar. Um, the, the taller one, but in in one in the original opening, there's a the taller one is gets like Ghostface appears essentially, and like stabs the shit out of the taller one, but the shorter one thinks that she's joking. And mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, what are you doing? Like, why? Stop it. This is really funny. <laughs> Stop it. And basically just watch your friend get fucking, like, disemboweled in front of her. And then she gets, like, same thing happens to her, essentially. Uh, it's it's crazy. Um, it's like Scary Movie 3 where the head falls off. And I'm like, say, say, are you okay? Are you okay? But, like, I feel like that was that was better, though. Because it was more brutal, which they keep saying these movies need to be for the reboot. And it was, yeah. like, and, and like, that was the direct commentary, I feel like, on people, like, you know, being inundated with horror movies to the point that it's like a joke. I feel like that mm-hmm. is that that I think that would be a, that's that's the better opening. I don't know if it was just too bloody or what, because we got a little bit of that when she's talking on the phone with Ghostface and he thought that she thought that it was the other girl, because in this one they switch around who dies first essentially in the in, yeah. the in the other opening, but it never really hit home. But I feel like this was like over the top to the point that it kind of hit home what this is going for, um, and I just kind of wish they kept with that. I don't know. I think that was a stronger opening than the, than either of these three. Gotcha. Or, yeah, I'll have to check that out, definitely. Another thing, too, you kind of touched upon is uh, this movie's a lot, probably the bloodiest in the series thus far. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember I remember one of the kills later on where, like, you could actually see the victim's guts and everything like that, and I'm just like, oh, geez. And it is the highest body count in the entire series, I believe. There was a guy on Reddit who did a uh, post about how many screams were in each scream movie and also the body count as well, and I believe this one was, like, 14 kills oh, damn. compared to five in the first one, so... Well, I feel like this one also killed off a lot of, like, meaningless characters to a degree. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Like, there were a lot of characters in there just for the body count. Yeah, like, the two cops just killed for fun, essentially. The, the mom yeah. was like, okay. Uh, Alison Brie, yeah. Yeah, Alison Brie, which, I, again, like, I get the point of that was, this, this, again, the kickoff, like, the, you were the message, what, yada, yada, you know, like, that great line. But, uh, you know, I get that. But, um, 
I don't know. I, I it felt it felt like, like egregious to a degree. But again, it makes sense for what they're doing, I guess, of trying to be the sur- the survivors. You know, the, if you have a bigger massacre, then being the survivor of it is more important than Sydney being the survivor of a five people kill spree. I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. It's so, bigger, better, that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I kind of want to get into the ending now. Talk about what you think of the ending in the final like twenty minutes or so. Before that, can we hop into real quick just the uh, uh, the, sure. the classic segment that isn't that I just always <laughs> try to shove in of the rules? Okay. The rules. Oh yes, yes, no, definitely. Let's do that one. Okay. Okay. So, what are the rules in this one, Andrew? So part of it is there aren't really like they're not rules. They just like vomit out a couple phrases, like hip, catchy phrases, which I didn't, again didn't love because basically they're they're at the film club and they're saying these, and they said unexpected is the new cliche, which what, what the fuck does that really mean? Um, because like, do they mean like breaking expectations is the new cliche? I think that's what they mean, but I don't know. They said kills got to be more extreme. Reversals become the new standard. And yeah, th- those are basically the three that they give. Mm-hmm. So unexpected is a new cliche. What do you think about that? Uh, definitely. Especially since the Saw movies were really popular at this time. And they always relied on, you know, just having the twist at the end. the big one. Um, I- I'd say that's fairly apt for the horror movie during this time. Okay, so that, that so that's what unexpected means for you, like because I couldn't tell was that jump scare because those are those are like kind of unexpected. Was it that you know was it the switch on like who the killer is like? Oh, I, I thought it was subverting expectations. That's okay. kind of what I gathered from that. It's you know it doesn't matter how nonsensical the plot is. You know you want to subvert expectations. You want to make sure that the audience doesn't know who's going on there. It's like uh, Westworld season two where the writers were actually like reading the subreddit, trying to figure out exactly well, reading all the theories and everything like that, and actually planning the plot around what they uh, predicted. Wait, they really? Didn't want that? Yeah. Was that yeah, a shit show? Was that like an other uh, shit show? Yeah, season two was regarded as one of the weakest. So. <laughs> yes. That's that's hilarious. Okay. And they were and just then... like, guessed my plot. <laughs> we'll show you. And then they came out with the actual plot and like everyone was disappointed in it. So. And then Spider-Man No Way Home came out and everyone was like, did we make this movie or did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was amazing. Anyway. I know. It's like, yep, everything I wanted. Um, but okay, so, so then the next one, Kill's Gotta Be More Extreme. Didn't, is that like... I, I kind of agree with that. I think that, you know, yeah. Gor- this was the rise of Gorno, I feel like, because uh, we got Saw, we got Hostel, we got Wrong Turn. There's a lot of those, like, all the uh, Final Destination movies. I think that's pretty accurate. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, like the the gore as the draw was, I think, a lot bigger than, you know, and I think this movie shows it. The gore is maybe more uh, important sometimes than the character development. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, and then the last one, reversals become the new standard. Hmm. What does that mean? Good question. Is it that, like, you reverse in the sense that, in this case, the survivor is the killer? Is that a reversal? Or, like... New standard. I have to quickly, like, research on that part. The the geek gets the girl, but then stabs her? (laughs) I, I, I guess I could be something like... More so... That I guess that could apply to subverting expectations a little bit more, so... Yeah, I feel like they just fucking picked some buzzwords and tossed them in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like people just sat around and made up shit, honestly. Like, I I don't I don't feel like these are the rules. I don't know. They, they seem weird to me as rules. Um, but... Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of a way of just, like, subverting the rules. Like, at this point, you know, Scream was all about guessing who the killer is, trying to find out. The original Scream... Um, 
and just kind of get a play on the horror movie cliches. And I feel like by movie three, uh, four, those cliches had become, or the, 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 the dunking on the cliches had become a cliche at that point. So they have to like double reverse the cliche. Oh my God, I've gone cross-eyed. And that is the problem with this series at this point. It's just, it, it's getting way too meta for its own good. Yeah, well, I feel that, and that discussion keeps happening about, like, what's the next one going to be? What's the new rules? And I feel like a lot of times, like, it's recycling old rules to a degree. And I think that's, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the stuff just kind of cyclical and comes back. Like, you know, there are eras of slashers, there are eras of, like, like ghost movies and stuff. I feel like that's just the thing. Yeah. Um, so my, the actual quote is, modern audiences got savvy to the rules of the original, so the reversals have to be the new standard. In fact, the only surefire way to survive a modern horror movie, you pretty much have to be gay. Which I did I did laugh at that one point. It was but, just like, but I'm gay. Wait, so so that's my question, though. So is, wait, is that part of, so are, is, is a reversal being gay? In the sense that, like, instead of being... Uh, <clears throat> pure and virginal like like i, I don't I, and are those opposites i don't i don't understand i don't get it yeah. I, still, I still don't get it I, the quote didn't help me <laughs> <laughs> but now i'm even more confused <laughs> wait what if, what if this is really meta and it's supposed to be showing you that charlie's just talking out of his ass <laughs> trying to be the new um randy essentially like trying to fill that role so he's making these rules but they don't really fucking make sense you know what i'm gonna go with that one i like that one because i don't like charlie i don't yeah. like incels i mean they're, they're, they're bad news bears yeah, and like I also like that fucking film club. Like I, uh, I'll have you know, I was the president. <laughs> I was the pres. I was the co-president of film club in my uh, college club. <laughs> oh, Mr. Co-president of film club. Well, I was I was Mr. President of sci-fi club back in Whoa. high school. So I, I, yeah, I, I was one of the presidents. I think at one point of a Japanese club. But like I feel like the I feel like those like th- that club just seems so fucking. Everyone just kind of sat like everyone's sitting at desks facing like. I don't know. Maybe it was because there's an interview. It just seemed like a really weird club. And they had all these posters taped everywhere as if, like, this room is dedicated to a film club. But, bro, that, that is clearly a classroom that you overtake when you do a film club. You don't have a cl- you don't have your own classroom with your posters and shit everywhere. That's mm-hmm. fucking idiot. Like, what is this? Um, <laughs> but, no, yeah, that, that just seemed that, like, it was weird that you're just like, hey, let's have all the cast hanging out together in this one room and it's film club because they all apparently are in film club for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. everybody in the cast is in Film Club. <laughs> That's a little bit weird. Um, yeah, definitely. And some of the minor characters, I was just like, would you really be in the Film Club? Would you really? Or would you just be dragged there? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it just seemed like... Because like, was Jill there? Cause Jill, I don't believe so. Because Jill, Jill would make sense because she's going there because her cousin's there. And then Trevor would make sense going there because Jill's there. Because I remember Trevor being there. I don't remember if Jill was there. Or if Olivia was there. But Kirby was there. And then the two boys were there who guessed to the presidents. So... I don't know. I guess that makes sense. But I feel like if I was in that club, I would want to leave because those guys just sounded so annoying. Maybe they're yeah. like, maybe it's like listening to myself talk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, no, definitely. They do not seem like uh, people I want to hang out with, but uh, okay. fun to watch them. Yeah. All right. So then, um, anyway. The ending. So yeah. ending. Yes. Yeah. All right. What's your thoughts on the ending? Go. Uh, I really <laughs> like the ending. Like, I, I, I felt this was one of the best. Basically, everything from the, um, the Charlie reveal where he stabs... Um, Okay, what's her name? Shit, Hayden Kirby. Kirby. Kirby, Kirby, yes. Uh, from the second he stabs Kirby to the rest of the movie, I thought like the reveals were great. The action was pretty good. I hear a lot of people complaining about the hospital sequence at the end, but honestly, I kind of liked it as a little bookend. 
Again, it's kind of the scream tradition of subverting expectations. It could have ended in the house. That would have been a good place to end it. Um, especially some people were kind of clamoring to kill off Sydney at that point. But I, I, I did like the fact that we kind of went on through when we feel like, okay, well, at least we got a moment to breathe. Oh, shit, no, Jill found out that Sydney's still alive, so she's going to go and kill her. Um, I thought that was a good kind of reversal at the very end. And it was a good way to end it. Um, and definitely kind of, I really like the final shot with the chilling where the newspaper reporter is talking about, you know, Jill being the only survivor before anyone knows what really happened and kind of slowly goes on her face. And then I do like Gail had the line on there at the very end. Well, I got one word, kill or clear. So, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty good ending. And it kind of redeemed the movie for me. Up until this point, I was just like, yeah, this is kind of a middle of the road screen movie. But I, I everything up until after that, I really, really loved Every, every time you say reversal, have you ever seen the movie uh, The Land Before Time with Will uh, Will Ferrell, that remake movie that they, they released a few, a few years back? Uh, no. Oh, my God. There's a scene in it where Danny McBride's character is, like, tangoing, like, you know, wrestling with a like a lizard man. And at one point, it's, like, strangling him. And he's like, he yells, like, reversal! And, like, gets on his back and strangles it. <laughs> you know what I think it is? We did, um, at the uh, mixed martial arts uh, place I signed up for, uh, we were doing jujitsu last night, and that's literally what happened every single time. So one of the instructors was just like, reversal! And then we had to reverse, and then reversal, and then we had to reverse. So I'm kind of, I got that in my brain. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but no, but yeah, I, I felt the same way. I, I love the ending of, um, I love seeing her hurt herself. It sounds weird. Okay. <laughs> I loved, I liked, I liked, seeing jill's like dead like after after she knocks out um sydney and after she kills charlie and shoots uh trevor which holy shit shoots him in the dick because he cheated on her yes I <laughs> insane <love that>. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh like, no, great but like oh my god um he died shortly after so it worked out for him uh, yes. but uh um he wasn't dickless for long okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, i thought that was great and it showed the kind of the manicness of her character but i like the dedication like showing how kind of insane she was through like the tedium she went through to stage her own like uh attack was insane like throwing herself yeah. in, through the table like that was great like and like ripping her hair and scratching her face um you know I was, I was like okay now's the time we're gonna actually you know what it reminded me of have you ever seen crank 2 no Okay, amazing movie. I would highly recommend it. Uh, but there's this one scene. This is a minor scene. I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but basically, one of the uh, evil bad guys, henchmen, screws up. And the evil bad guy is just like, all right, you know what to do. And hands him a knife. And then the guy takes a knife and then, like, slowly cuts off his own nipple. Ooh. And it's, like, 30 seconds long. It's super close up. Really, really gory. And it's just like, oh, God. And then finally the guy's screaming in pain. And then he takes a moment to collect himself. And he's like, okay, boss, it's done. And then the boss goes, now do the other one. And then it does it again. And it's, like, the exact same amount of time, the exact same amount of slowdown, everything like that. And that's what it reminded me of. It was almost... The Crank 2 is tedious in that way, and this was as well. And, yeah, I 100% agree. I just love the fact that it was kind of her mopping up by looking like she's been attacked. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was great. And I thought it was, like, one of the more effective scenes. Like, I feel like the ending of these movies is usually... Okay, that's a lie. The ending of one and this one are pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. In terms of, like, when the killers reveal themselves. Um, I thought they both did a pretty good job with it. Um, and, you know, like, like you said, I think the... I was okay with the ending, and I know the original, like, apparently one of the plans was to have it basically end there, have her get wheeled away, 
and uh, basically the, the, oh, someone's alive thing happened and kind of leave it up to the audience if it was Kirby. Because I guess apparently Kirby was supposed to come back originally. Kirby is not supposed to be dead. Um, and so the, like, the, the idea was somebody was alive. Is it Sydney? Is it Kirby? And that was how it's going to end. And then like, the next movie would pick up from there. And I guess Jill would be like an anti-hero or not, you know, the villain mm-hmm. that you kind of follow around. But also, I guess I am assuming Kirby or them would appear. Um, but I, I like the ending. Like, I think it's, it's tacked on and like, it's definitely added. But I like it because, like, the thing that I think brings it to me is it's the original cast again. It's 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 them goofing around, like Sydney being the competent one, Gail being the one who's thinking things through, and is like, "Oh, that girl said that you got she has the same scar as me." Uh, yeah, there's no fucking way she know that unless she stabbed me. So like, mm-hmm. that that was great, and like that, and then Dewey coming in again. I hate that he's a bumbling idiot. I hate, I hate that he fucking does nothing, because um, like I think that's the character how we remember him is like the goofy kind of guy. But they just, like, yeah. nailed that coffin there for him. When in the third movie, again, he was pretty competent. And I, I hate that they just kind of got rid of it. I would, I would like to see you do something. Like, still get bested, yeah. but should be competent for half a minute uh, he's, before he, he got He's bested. definitely been flanderized. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, again, I, I like it. I like that we got to kind of see the... Uh, I thought that his little sidekick, or the deputy, was kind of great. Um, and it was nice to see her kind of, like, establish herself, because, like... I know that she's in the new movie, so it's nice to see her kind of establish herself as part of the cast to a degree, like the four of them standing there at the end. Um, but it, you know what it reminded me of? Did you ever see the Black Christmas remake? Not not the new one, but the old one? Uh, no, I did not. I think it was 2006. I've the original. But it, it also... <laughs> so, you know, the original one ends in the house. This one mm-hmm. ends in the house, but then also ends with them waking up in a hospital. And there's another a final stinger hospital fight, just like this one. <laughs> Um, and I can't disassociate the two of them. I was literally like, I, I was like sitting there. I was like, is she going to be pushed onto a giant Christmas tree and impaled? Is that how this is going to end? <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, it, because of that, it almost made it feel more like the era they were trying to capture by having that same like ending. I almost wonder if they were like, how did Black Christmas end? Let's see, let's see, let's, that other kind of remake of a classic thing. Like, how did they remake a classic slasher? Oh, that's how they end it? Okay, we'll do the same thing. Like, if it was that meta, amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, no, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I thought, I, you know, I, I thought it kind of stuck the landing when I was kind of unsure of it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really, I thought it was good. Um, and again, I, I did like the fact that they brought the original cast in at the very end to kind of get their moment of comeuppance um, because of the fact that they were setting up Jill to kind of be the successor, successor to Sydney and... She ends up being the bad guy, um, and I love that. And it was like, okay, shit, now we're going to bring the original cast back on. And in that moment, I felt like that was earned. Do you think it so, would have been yeah. it would have worked to have a movie with Jill like going around as the secret villain, like, or I guess as like the, from her perspective, or yeah, because I I'd assume if they were going to make that, they would either have to have her appear and have like Sydney or Kirby like trying to tell everyone that she's a killer and nobody believing them. That could be kind of interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Or I assume that we'd follow her around as the main character and watch her mm-hmm. kill. I wouldn't like, I feel like that would ruin Scream if we followed her around as he killed people. Oh, 100%. Now yeah. it would take the guessing out and that's one of my favorite parts of Scream. Yeah. It would be interesting. Maybe it would be like a Dexter situation where somebody else is killing people trying to take the mantle and she's like pissed that somebody's trying to take her, you know, <laughs> her jam. Ooh, a rival serial killer. I like that. That could, that could be, again, that doesn't look like a Scream thing to me. Again, because it wouldn't be scary i guess i don't know um mm-hmm. maybe i don't know um i could you know they could then they'll bring in rory culkin and be like oh look it's the good culkin and he can be <laughs> the one who doesn't <laughs> die there we go nailed it that's the new plot um awesome but yeah i don't know i i, I couldn't really see it um 
But, you know, gotcha, gotcha. as we wrap up, though, uh, what is your favorite kill, do you think, of this film? Oh, geez. Um, I think just the sheer shock value from the um, Kirby kill. I, I, I thought that was really good. You know, she was the badass character. She was the one that was confident. Um, and she, you know, actually rescued. And I just love the fact that you should named out every single horror movie um of the remake. remake yes that that was a fantastic scene and that was genuinely shocking like i knew about jail being the killer i did not know about charlie being the killer so that that was that was really cool for me um i thought that was a great reveal so in terms of sheer emotional that is that uh the other kill i don't remember her name but the one where like the guts were hanging out it was the house across the Olivia. street that was the only one yeah that was the only other one that was like super memorable to me i mean like there were the cops the cops were just kind of eh for me I didn't like the Bruce Willis joke. I thought that was just kind of dumb. Yeah, um, and it was, and they wrote, they wasted Adam Brody, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? Uh, I, I'm kind of the same. I think Olivia, like I think, yeah, emotionally, Kirby, uh, visually, definitely Olivia's death was like, holy shit, this girl's got murdered, <laughs> like savagely <laughs> murdered. Which again, I'm wondering who that. Was. I actually, it had to have been uh, Charlie because Jill's on the other side. So damn, Charlie, yeah. you must have had some like pent up anger. I guess the, your incel, you know, kind of concept. Yeah, he had some pent up anger there. Um, I, I will say, I think that I would have really. I, I want you to watch the uh, the kill from the um, the discarded opening because it's pretty gross and it's kind of great um, as a result. <laughs> so that that could be up there as well um, for me. I'll give it a shot. What about what's the lamest kill? Would you say? Uh, probably the cops, honestly. Yeah. Or the other kill that I can't remember because it's so forgetful. There's another one. I don't know. Oh, I'm like, I, I guess, well, there's, yeah. What did you think about the kill? What did you think about um, Jimmy? What was the other video guy's name? Uh, Jerry? The, the, the completely forgettable character. <laughs> the one who was streaming all the time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, that was that was kind of dumb. I, I wish there was a little bit more of the focus on, you know, he picks it up and then he sees Ghostface in the actual camera or whatever coming at him from behind. I, w- I, I thought it, they were expecting to do that, but they didn't. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking too. Um, and then do you think, so, okay, the, the line at the end where he says he's gay, is that, do you think that's true or not? I couldn't really tell. I, 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 was, I could see it, yeah. Well, like, and not, not that But I, he is very cowardly, so he could say that as like a way to get himself out. Well, because like, then I kind of wonder like, okay, this 2011, is that like, were gay jokes still a thing? Because, like, it seems really... Da- like, watching it, I was kind of like, ugh. Like, especially... I, I, the statement that they made that you have to be gay to survive, I'm like, have you seen horror movies? <laughs> like, like I, I, like, and I, I'm pretty sure we... Like, I talked about this in, like, a film class at one point where, like, there was... There were, like, I feel like the modern thing for a while was that, like, you know, the, the trope of the black guy dies first. It was the gay guy who dies first because they were, like, you know, the... seen by society as the expendable one. Like... Mm-hmm. I feel like that was definitely a thing. So that when they said that, I was like, that's not true. That's the opposite of that. That's like, I think that gay people were often killed off as side characters. Like they were the cliches that got killed. That's what, mm-hmm. what they were. Cause like, I don't, I don't, I think in a lot of those horror movies, you know, that the black characters were cliches that they were written as cliches and they were killed off as cliches. And I think that that happened in a lot of horror movies with gay characters too. So I thought that was really like gay men specifically. I'd say, I think that that was oh, definitely yeah. a thing. So it was really weird when they said that. And then he said that at the end, I was like, not true, but also like, what is this saying? Um, yeah, I don't know. I like because again, it was like, not that if he was really changed much, but like then it kind of makes me wonder like, I don't know, like what what they were going for, what the meaning behind that was. And probably there wasn't one. They probably thought it was a hip thing to do, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. That 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 seemed interesting to me. That choice. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree with that, too. I thought it was kind of a... I mean, it made me laugh, definitely, but at the same time, it was like, okay, I, I don't remember too much about the political climates in 2011 to uh, remember exactly what that, you know, would have entailed and what the society was like at that time. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts on Scream 4? Uh, no, no, like... So you you say uh, you say like, where, where would you you know out of out of four movies where does it sit with you? Uh, this is probably the worst one, honestly. But again, it's it, it's definitely worth watching. Like I I did not hate it at all. I, I I don't think I'm still excited for the fifth one. Again, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about it, but my expectations are pretty low because this is a series where I feel it's. It's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's premise has kind of run its course. The characters, the main characters have all had their complete character arcs. Um, the meta aspect of it has kind of been played out at this point. Like, it's going to be really hard to see exactly where the series goes from here. I'm not mad this movie exists. I definitely think it's worth watching. But overall, out of the four of them, it's it's definitely the worst. How about you? No, I'm kind of the same boat. Like, it's it's almost kind of like, I know I've, I've talked about, I've uh, made an, example or analogies of this to alien a lot and i think it's kind of the same thing where i honestly don't think an alien movie today would work very well another one in the in the franchise um and so like because i think that they were captured at that point in time in that era in time where like it it i don't know it, it worked and it works watching them made from that era but i just can't see that being good again now kind of like i said star the original star wars trilogy i think the star wars trilogy if they came out today they'd be they would not be liked um and so I feel like I like what Prometheus and Covenant are doing by going in a completely different direction. So it's building the mythos, building the world, but not trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that Scream 4 is trying to do the same thing, but it doesn't have the benefit of being in an area, in an era where what it's commenting on is as common and it's not like slash movies aren't a big thing right now. So it doesn't even, it doesn't have that to go on either, you know, and it's been so long that the legacy isn't quite there for like you know the anticipation isn't quite there so i think four just kind of suffers from that and i think that it also suffers from not you know, like again from not being its own thing but then also like not being the heir of the original um five to me looks like it's going in its own direction and so that to me is i'm pretty hopeful i hope so yeah um, but again like you said i wouldn't i'm not saying four is bad i just it's just different and it's like yeah. different and i don't think it's its fault i think it's different because it's wasn't made during the same time and it tries to pretend it was And if there's definitely, going back to my comments earlier about me being cautiously optimistic about Scream 5, if there is one series that I kind of would not be surprised to surprise me, um, it would be Scream. Like, this this is a series that knows that it's running its course, and the premise is kind of wearing thin, and it's also the one I think would take the most risks to make it fresh as best they can. So that is the one thing that's kind of making me hopeful. And it's been getting decent reviews thus far, so we'll see. Well, and what I'm excited for, too, is, like, during this watch-through, I, I, you know, like, I've, I've seen all these movies a couple times, so there was no surprise for me. Like, there's definitely still tension, but there was very little surprise on who dies. And what, so I'm really excited to go watch this movie and not know what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm purposely not watching the trailers, really. I'm not watching any, I'm not looking at any reviews because I don't want to have anything, if anything does happen, I don't want to be spoiled. Because, like, oh, yeah. I remember watching Scream 4 and enjoying it the first time I watched it because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I, like, I loved that about it. Um, so I think I'm excited for that, to, to have that experience again. Um, 
But actually, I meant to ask you, uh, what, where does Scream sit for you in terms of, I know we talked about how it kind of almost stands separate from the other slashers, but the more I've been thinking about it with the solid three movies, I kind of want to say it's one of the most con- best in terms of most consistent slashers that have been franchised. I was franchises. thinking that too, definitely. There, there, there's not a bad movie in the bunch, honestly, and you always know what you're expecting. The worst movie and the best movie honestly don't have too much of a grade in between the two. It's it's very similar in quality for the most part. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, Friday the 13th Part 1 and then Jason Goes to Hell, which is just this huge, massive drop in quality. Or even just, you know, Friday the 13th and then Jason X, which are both amazing movies, but for totally different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think or not... how about this Halloween uh, original versus Halloween Kills? So, <laughs> oh my God. Well, and that's the thing that I will say is like I think there's like a gimmick in these ones. You know, like like I, I think the, they could continue making these movies and not go for a gimmick. Not necessarily that I wouldn't say that Friday Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween have a gimmick in their first four films. Admittedly, um, you know they don't go to space in their first one. But actually, I actually remember when uh, Jason fights the psychic girl. I think I, I've seen. No, Part Five is. Uh, new blood so that that's when that's the the killer is the random guy so that that one sticks with the formula but you know like it i feel like with the nightmare on elm street and try 13 films and definitely halloween i i kind of get in this in the point of watching the films where i kind of glaze over you know like you're watching them and you're like oh, okay next up next movie here's just a bunch of teens fighting let's see if ready to kill them oh okay but you don't like remember them too much um but i feel like with this one it's very memorable like all the movies are very memorable and distinct, and I don't feel like they bleed together in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do, do you feel that way with like the other we oh, other big franchises? Yeah. I, do you yeah. think that's because the cast is the same? So like that, that interconnectivity makes it easier to stay engaged. I guess. Do you think that's that's what the strength is? Yeah, I guess I can see that too. Um, and then also the setting is drastically different. And even though they do follow the same plot beats, it feels like each movie, a new layer is added onto it. Um, so you can think to yourself, oh, what was the one with the meta aspect where they really start going about the stab movies and walking around the set? Oh yeah, it's definitely Scream 3. Hmm. So well, I guess also having, having the surprise killer in everyone is helpful to like engagement. Because you're not just like, yeah. oh look, it's Freddy again. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> thinking, true, yeah. trying to figure out who the killer is, and then once you know the killer, you're trying to see what they do to show that they're the killer, um, which I liked. I forget uh-huh. there there is actually one scene. Oh shit, what is it? Um, so I know we talked about how in the first one, um, there's that scene where uh, Mickey and them, not Mickey, who, what are their names? I, I'm fucking the names today. Billy and Sue are talking in the opening about the kills and stuff, and like they're kind of looking at each other and like talking about how they'd kill. And like, it's very obvious they're the killers. Um, there's one scene in this that I thought was great, which is Charlie when Gail first goes up to him and be like, do you guys want to help me catch a killer? And Charlie just like slightly smirks a little bit. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, imagine murdering people. And so like, let's go catch guys murdering them. Like this like big famous person who like, you know, you intend you've gotten involved on purpose comes up to you and does exactly what you fucking want them to do. And it's just like, <laughs> come join me and make this a bigger thing than it was before. And he's just like, fuck yeah. Like it, it was, I don't know if it was, if it was like uh, the actor breaking a little bit or what, but it was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was really cute. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the Saw and Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Next episode, Andrew and I are going to go ahead and see Scream 5 this weekend. We are hopefully going to record this week, so that'll be up uh, quick uh, sooner rather than later. 
And we will be all caught up with our Screamathon. And do we have any other movies in the pipeline in terms of what we want to see? I know you want to do the uh, Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, uh-huh. I, I, got, I got nothing. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm game for that after, after Scream. I think it's a, it's a nice, not as good movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the horror movie world, too, definitely. Uh, I would, well, not in the horror movie world, but the horror game world. Um, if you have not played Visage, uh, V-I-S-A-G-E, I would highly recommend it. Uh, one chapter is kind of shit, uh, but the rest of the game is very good. It is a PT-inspired first-person horror game. No weapons, you run away, stay in the lights, all that sort of thing, too. Um, I loved it. It's also on Game Pass, too, so you can go Ooh. ahead and play it for free if you do have that. So I would I would definitely recommend that. Lights off, headphones on. It's a good experience. Awesome. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and stay groovy. Bye. Bye.